0: Do you like to binge watch TV? Did you know you could binge listen to podcasts? Head over to electronicmediacollective.com where they have podcasts for days. You like podcasts about wrestling? They have that. Do you like podcasts about TV and film? They have that. Do you like podcasts about horror? EMC has that too. Do you like comedy? Do you like books? Guess what? They've got you covered. Head over to electronicmediacollective.com Pick your favorite podcast today.
1: Hey, this is Brian Krause from Charmed and Sleepwalkers, and you are listening to Moose's Monster Mash. You're listening
0: to Moose's Monster Welcome, (laughs) Horror Hounds, to another all-new episode of Moose's Monster Mash. I'm your host, Moose, and this isn't just another episode. This is an episode a year in the making. That's right, this is the year in review. That means it is the return of our fan-favorite guests, the Grawlix Growler himself, Randall Sylvie, and the guest from Beyond the Grave, our most... uh, return guest uh billy some billy peck gentlemen how are we doing
2: good yeah if i'm here it's definitely not just another episode come on <laughs> it's very special it's <laughs> very special very evil
0: <laughs>
2: welcome to a very special episode of moose's
3: monster match
0: it's the one time of the year i pull you out of your uh hibernation and say come join us
3: join anyway. us I
2: appreciate it. I need to get back on that circuit. I've been too, like, anti-social. I need to get back on some shows, shake some hands, shake some babies. Well, Sorry, bad joke. <laughs> well, I,
0: I, I wouldn't necessarily sh- you know, shake the babies in public, but if, if that's your gimmick, I mean, you do you. <laughs> Just don't record it.
3: Thank you for being so upset, accepting of my ways. <laughs> Full disclosure, there are no babies in Randy's (laughs)
1: presence.
3: I have have no babies. For
2: some
0: reason.
3: They don't come around.
0: I I, I think it's self-explanatory, but... This was was a terrible way to introduce myself
2: on your
0: episode. Wow. I I think they understand the growler part now. We don't like babies and we don't like... uh... Anyway... So he he does like kittens though, folks. So he, he's not all bad. Our year in review, 2022 was a banner year, I'd say, for horror. I mean, when we sat down last year, we, we you know we we came up with a pretty solid list of what we were happy to you know what we were expecting to see you know what we were you know really looking forward to see seeing rather. And you know, go going into our year interview, I really want to start with those and see, you know, did they you know meet our expectations? Did they uh, exceed our expectations? You know, where they kind of fell on uh, the the radar of everything, and more or less, were they worth the wait? And to start it off, I want to start with uh, Prey. The uh, uh, let's let, let, let's just call it the uh, Antique predator, if you will, you know, it's probably one of the, it it, it came out as one of the more controversial predators in, uh, you know, fan reviews, but personally I liked it because it was just this raw, I mean, just this pure raw movie. And I, I mean, I loved it. What'd you guys think?
2: I don't think it's, I don't think it's a perfect movie, of course, but like, you know, that's a high bar, right? Uh. But I liked it a lot. Honestly, this. I, uh, I was really thrown by this whole, like, exclusively released on Hulu initially, but the premise is exactly what I always thought they should do for a Predator sequel. Like, because as after the second one, which was, you know, whatever, kind of a mixed bag, um, they just kind of got more convoluted and complicated with the premise. And I'm like, no, you keep it simple. It's a hunter. That comes every, I don't know, a couple hundred years, and you've basically got an action slasher sci-fi movie. That's what the first one was, and this, I think, was super smart to take that idea. Let's jump back several, you know, a hundred years or whatever it was, and let's do another one. Like, that's, I don't know,
3: it's, in, in the case of Predator, I think it benefits it to keep it simple. And they did, and there was some definitely some cool stuff in it. I liked it a lot.
0: Well, 100%.
3: Yeah, um, you know, I I always get a little flack from, uh, like, I'm, I'm a Predator fan, but I, I'm not, like, huge into this, and, like, I do really enjoy the first one. I'm not the biggest fan of the second, and I think a, a big thing for me, I don't really care to see the Predator in, like, city limits. You know, so the second one does that, the second... Uh, avp does that you know i like seeing it in its what what to me feels like that natural element of the first one of like it's in the jungle it's 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 a predator you know it's it's looking for its prey you know it's fighting you know these different types of of um ah, and now i don't know the right word to put it but uh you know it's 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 different forms of competition and that's why i i personally really like um, predators you know where you know it, it's essentially like doing like a training ground of all these different types of warriors and that's what we get with this this sequel or a prequel i should say with prey you know it's it's that early version like you said paul or lucio it's that antique version You know, it's it's that early version that is just finding its bearings, you know, evolution and learning and all of that is what gets us to the the predator we know, you know, from like, say, current times. Um, We get to see that early version of a predator who is, you know, going against the Native Americans who are also early versions of ourselves with, with um little um you know weaponry or experience and all of that so i i just i thought it was a really cool way to showcase the predator and i think it's it's the way that most predator fans if if they let go of that you know you know oh it was kind of controversial with the reviews let's just say what it is you know a lot of people just say oh a, a woman you know was woke. able yeah, yeah, you know, it's, I, it's
2: woke it's yeah. woke
3: predator and like whatever who cares right, like right <laughs> you know um at its basis this is really what predator is I think in my viewpoint of what the predator is supposed to and like you said Randy at a certain point it starts to kind of become a little too convoluted or, or mm. trying to change things up too much. Like, oh, let's throw them in the city. Like, you know, the, the last one to come out was The Predator. You know, where like, yeah, you know that this is from, like, another planet or whatever. But, like, now we're, like, seeing it in battle and spaceships and, and, and all that stuff. It's like, there's, there's like, giant predators. It's, like It's too much. It just didn't seem necessary to me, yeah. So, again, I think scaling it back... Putting it in its natural element, which is the jungle, um, and being able to fight, you know, a a worthy adversary of that time period was really cool. Uh, One criticism I
2: have is I wasn't wild about the design of Predator's face specifically in this one, but he did fist fight a bear, and that was pretty amazing. So, you know, evens out.
0: So what I'm gathering is nobody wants to see... Predator takes
1: Manhattan.
2: I didn't hate, I I don't hate the city idea because that's a personal preference. That's (laughs) just me. Well, you're still just taking the Predator and putting it in a different setting and that's fine for me. Like, I like that idea. I think the second one just has issues with it being a, you know, an early 90s action movie. So there's some of that,
3: like, cheesy. I don't, I don't disagree. Right. And and it's just, it's funny. And again, it's just personal preference and I don't even think that it's like, It was never a conscious thing, but I watch all of these Predator movies and, you know, say what you will about aliens Predator, but my least favorite out of all of them happens to be the second one, AVP2 and The Predator, and they all largely take place in the city. Right. No, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I also just don't
2: necessarily think they're the best made movies. I the, the, the Predator 2 isn't really that poorly made. It's just, you know, whatever. I'm of the opinion the, the first one is kind of a masterpiece. Like, it's a it's like bona fide classic in my mind. Sure, <laughs> sure. So, but I'm not beyond... You know, so pre, I, Prey does not definitely hit that level, but I think sure. it's a worthy a yeah. pre- prequel. It's a worthy follow-up. Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say one of the best talking points to come out of Prey is people wanting to see Predator dropped off in different eras in history, primarily feudal Japan?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I'm down.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, Predator going up against like past. a full-blown samurai, I think would be a an epic movie. It just
1: yes,
3: yeah, we and and that type of thing again is teased in Predators. You know, there there is, like, that Yakuza member that he squares off against, and, like, the Predator essentially puts down his weapon, and they just have, like, a sword.
0: Yeah. And so, like,
3: seeing, like, a whole movie of, like, where they learned those tactics would be cool.
0: Oh, yeah. Well...
3: A lot of of Predator talk.
0: Oh, 100%. By the
2: way... I'm sorry, Paul, Moose, uh, before we move on, did either of you guys watch the Comanche dubbed version out of curiosity? Oh, you know, I, I heard that they did that. I did not watch it. I did. I I, I mean, I don't, I guess it added authenticity. It sure. Is still, it was dubbed, so it was, I don't think it originally recorded in Comanche, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But that's a studio issue. Like, apparently the script called for it, but um, cool that they did that. That's the version I watched. It didn't detract anything, obviously, so... Sure. Neat idea.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, we started in the past. Let's stay in the past a little bit longer, and let's talk about another one of our anticipated movies, and that was The Northman. And now we're into some pretty hardcore Viking mythology. It was brutal, but, like, brutal in a good way. Oh, sure. Like... I feel I had to preface because, like, as soon as it came out of my mind, it was brutal. It's like, oh no, I don't mean like, oh it sucked. No, I mean yeah. it like, it was badass. <laughs> right. Yo, yeah, and I, it, like it one hundred like it portrays like when you picture Vikings, that's what you imagine.
3: Well, it should be.
0: Yeah. Um, I I I know
3: a lot of people within. And I I use this very loose big old quotes Viking culture.
0: I was gonna say the Viking community.
3: Um, and I'm watching it, and knowing a lot of those people. I go, oh no, this is this is gonna be too out there for them. They're not going to be able to to handle what they're about to see because uh, director and writer, you know, um, Ari Aster. Uh, he he did this right, or was it Robert... No, he, no, no, it no, no. was Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers. Sorry, yep. those two are very parallel for me. Right, that makes sense. Robert Eggers is very um
0: true to form. Yeah, period. He's like um accurate. He does a lot
3: of research. Um, uses a a lot of um you know, one of the biggest examples of like, uh, when he, witch. um, a lot of the dialogue was taken from actual like diaries and things of that nature from, from those time periods. And, you know, so the, and that's just keeping it very simple. Um, the amount of research and, and effort that he puts into making this stuff as accurate as possible is, is pretty high up there. So, um, anyway to me yeah watching this uh, i I don't know that i would say it's my favorite of his movies but i i i think he did a a pretty cool job with it and and yeah you know it's it's bizarre it's brutal it's very violent it's it's out there i think it's very close to you know a lot of what viking culture was you know there's there's kind of my i'm i'm curious on okay so i was super excited
2: because, yeah, Robert Ager's The Witch, The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's He's got an Nosferatu coming up, which I'm very yeah. excited about. Um, I have not watched this yet. And part of the reason was, this is maybe him not doing himself any favors. I remember it came out and there was, I don't know if he said it somewhere, but there was a about studio interference, which with a director like him, I'm like, okay, I totally see how that would happen. Um, so I was kind of like, mm. We'll see. But I still do want to
3: watch it. I, just, I have not. So I do have an opinion on that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think this kind of goes along with anybody that, you know, this is his third movie in. Um, and each one does get a little bit bigger. Right. A little b- bit more money, a little bit more studio involvement. Um... Not in, like, a bad way, but it does feel a little more polished. It does feel a little more big or epic. Um, kind of more on a studio standpoint. So
1: while it still is,
3: again, like, it's very, it's bizarre. Like I said, it's very violent. It's graphic. It, it touches on a lot of stuff. That you would not see in a standard Hollywood movie, but in saying that, yeah, it does feel like there's a little bit more studio in it. Well, I've since
2: read interviews with him where it sounds like he either kind of came around on it, or I don't know, backpedaled a little bit in that. Like he was, there was definitely more cut than he had wanted, but he was okay with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think when it first came out, the main that was you really touched on it is bigger project, and he had said he was not a fan of doing the bigger projects. He wanted to go back to smaller budgets, less yep. interference, which, I I mean, he's he's kind of a hardcore a- a- auteur type. You can just tell yes. by his films. Yes. Um, my big question on this, though, is because this is something we were uncertain about, is with his name attached and also the way I think the early trailers portrayed it, it mm-hmm. seemed like it had a horror vibe. Does it have, a, like, would you I classify mean. it as horror? I know, like, his stuff... I mean the witch, the witch definitely is but like the lighthouse I would put in horror even though like it's just kind of
3: I'd kind of say the same with this okay. I mean there's certainly
0: it, it falls under the supernatural realm
3: Yeah I, and that's where I was okay. kind of going to say supernatural to a certain degree you know and the way that it it kind of toes the line of like is it supernatural like is that stuff like really happening or is it uh,
1: so, yeah you know, it, maybe
3: it, it, a mindset or or certain cases hallucinogenic or you know so it it does touch on a horror aspect i
0: say it definitely toes that line of supernatural slasher just based on you know let's say the amount of gore it's you know, there's supernatural elements and slasher elements that f- drop us squarely, just like right on that line where it could it could be horror, it could be like action thriller, but it it definitely fits in both sides. Yeah. And you know, touching back on the uh, studio interference and uh, you know the more polished movie, I think it, both of those go with part of why, you know, I was really interested in this, and now, Randy, you said you haven't watched this yet, right?
2: Correct, I have not watched okay. it yet.
0: so, part of why I was really interested in it is the, you know, history nerd in me. Um, so, uh, Skarsgård plays uh, Amleth, who the story of Amleth is the uh, direct inspiration for Hamlet. So, Studio was potentially looking at this as, oh, we can do Hamlet without doing Hamlet, which is, I mean, arguably one of Shakespeare's biggest plays. And, I mean, you watch it, it plays out like Hamlet, but it's not Hamlet. So, and I think that's where they were looking at it from their end. And that's why it was, you know, bigger budget, you know, more, you know, a more polished movie, because it it does have that, uh, you know, history behind it. So,
2: Interesting.
0: Okay. Um, let's shoot over to something a little more, little more campy, and something that was probably the most debated movie since its announcement, and that is Rob Zombie's take on the Munsters.
1: Okay.
0: Now. As a fan of the Monsters, I've said it on many episodes. Don't judge it until you watch it. I watched it, and I think he <laughs> it nailed it. Oh,
2: okay, I was gonna say, are you
0: judging
1: it now? Okay.
0: <laughs> I, I, I think he he nailed the spirit of the monsters. I mean, it, it's exactly that you know that that campy you know vibe of just this family friendly universal horror uh family you know it's it's what the monsters is it's comedy horror like it and not like it, it's goofy comedy it's supposed yeah. to be that and he 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 nailed it yeah it,
3: it definitely had that divisive uh you know crowd on, on both ends. You have the, the Munsters purists who are like, oh, Rob Zombie's just gonna make it white trash and full of cuss words and this and that. And then you have the Rob Zombie uh, fans who were like, oh, I thought he was gonna make it all, you know, hardcore and, you know, and and so you, you have both camps not giving it a chance. Right. <laughs> um, I will say that uh a lot and not every but a lot of the the monster's purists ended up going into it and ended up going like oh oh so he did just make a monster movie okay um you know uh, as a as a big fan of both um i did enjoy it yeah there's certainly you know it's rob's first real time into like doing a, a straight comedy type thing Um, you know, I think as a big fan of Rob Zombie, um, I do think that, uh, some people have a a pretty good, uh, judgment on him that he could use a writer to like polish or kind of rewrite his scripts a bit. Um, but, and I think this is a movie that could have maybe used that some, um, but, uh, overall I enjoyed it. I have not watched it, and I'm not opposed to watching it.
2: Is the production better than that first trailer alludes to? Because I remember being, that first trailer is so rough. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or
1: maybe the only trailer?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, and I get that it's it's gonna kind of, I mean, it's it's monsters, it's colorful, it's campy. Plus, you know, he uh, like Rob Zombie used to be uh, was it art designer, set decorator, or something for like Pete Wee play, uh, playhouse. The so set designs are incredible. Okay, okay. I just remember something about that first trailer beyond low budget, and I was really surprised at just kind of how doctering it felt. So I was just wondering, like, how the production on it itself was. So I have I have many uh, opinions on trailers sure sure
3: i mean I, and i I'd see that it's not fair to judge a movie it's not don't judge a book by its cover don't judge a movie by the trailer and i i think one of the and the reason why i bring that up and to to get to your point randy is it's difficult to judge early versions of trailers right right so like one of the the best examples I can use is like um, Avengers Infinity War. Very first trailer comes out, and the comparison, Thanos, in, in what he looks like in that very first trailer versus what he looks like in the movie, are different. He, in the movie, his face is like incredibly textured like you can see like every wrinkle like hair you know follicle like all this stuff you don't you don't see that in
1: the first trailer it looks fine but it looks cg you
3: all those months later after it's been able to continue being worked on there is a big difference in the quality of how that looks um, so with this the biggest complaint that i heard was like how they felt like the voiceover, um like the narration in the trailer seemed like really odd really wonky um and that's not that's not how the moves played out right right um and yeah there's gonna be some stuff that looks cheap but that's on purpose yeah you know it's it is still supposed to look like you know a set that came out in the 60s or whatever so um it is going to still have like kind of a ch- look, but no, I, I think if there's anything like if there's anything that people are going to dislike, it's you know character portrayals or or anything like that. If if overall to me, I think if if someone has an issue with set design uh, and all that, like they may not quite get. It. I'm not saying that that's not what you, you know that's what you were doing. Or no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the production is there. It all, I mean, it's it, all authentic, it looks good. Okay,
2: I think you really hit on with, like, and this, it's such a, like, of course, this shouldn't necessarily reflect on the movie, but the wonkiness of the voiceover in the trailer, the trailer felt amateurish in a way, like, just in its construction, that it's like, yeah, well, either Rob Zombie cut it together himself and was like, no, I'm gonna do it, or the studio just had no, like... Um, confidence in the project and they're like, we're not going to throw any... That's what it read like to me. We're not going to throw any money at it. Which again, I mean, to, it almost touches back on The Northman. Like, I don't... What the studio thinks is going to be a hit, like, it doesn't, you know, that doesn't really concern me. Like, of course, they kind of undermine themselves sometimes. But... Sure. I was curious about it and then the trailer kind of turned me off of it. So, um, like I said, I will watch it, but that is one of the things... I guess I'm just this and the last movie justifying why I haven't watched it yet like bullshit sure. movies I do and, want to but like you and know, there's just
3: little reasons why I put it off um I think more so with the monsters than the Northmen <laughs> um there's certainly like
1: if there, there's certainly reasons for people to not like I
3: totally get you know one of my biggest things like I you know pretty universally people think that Daniel Roebuck did an amazing job as Grandpa Munster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, so Jeff Daniel Phillips played Herman Munster, and Moon Zombie played Lily Munster, and um, I know that there's a lot of people who just don't care for sharing Moon Zombie in general. Um, there's a lot of people that and myself included, very much felt like, oh, wow, she actually did a really good job capturing Lily Munster. Um, And I think Jeff Daniel Phillips did a pretty good job capturing uh, Herman Munster. But him overall, his voice was so different. And that uh, is a little jarring. Um, I did end up loving his portrayal. But his voice is so different, and you know, I kind of ask myself this too: like, well, would I rather have like a horrible impersonation, or
1: someone that's kind of just doing their own thing, and the character is still
3: Herman, but the voice is different? So you know, I I can see where people be like, oh no no no, it's it, this doesn't work for me, um, and and I think out of all out of all the characterization, the voice work, all that, like, his is definitely the most di could be the hardest for people to latch on to.
0: Well, and and I then, like... S- oh, go ahead. I will say the benefit of where Zombie put his characters is we can have completely different versions of their portrayals because they are younger versions of the sure. character. Sure. So, you know, where... In the show you see essentially a more refined, if you will, you know, Lily Munster and, you know, a kookier grandpa. Sure. You know, and, you know, Herman with, you know, the the voice we all know and love. Those are all changes that come with age. Sure. Uh so it, it definitely works out that this is essentially, you know, the or you know, an origin story, not not necessarily an origin story, but a prequel to the show. Yeah. So we get the younger versions of them finding themselves, and before we knew them in the TV series, yeah, which has hasn't really been explored too much. So we don't know what they was were like.
3: The one movie, but yeah,
0: yeah, you
3: know, it's yep. So um, and uh, you know, the other thing too is like you know. Uh, Rob did want to do a black-and-white movie, and the studio was like, "Yeah, I don't know about that. So he's like, fine. Like, I, in his opinion, just doing a colorized version um, would almost fall flat, so he oversaturated everything. The colors are very bright and cartoon. So he's like, if I'm going to do this, like, I'm going in the complete opposite direction of black and white. And I can see where that could be off-putting. to. So I, you know, I, like, not just a, you know, a shill or fanboy. Like, I do understand where some dislikes could come from.
0: Well, and with how bright and colorful it is, I think it'd be really easy to do a black and white release. And it'd still work out. But we'll see uh a, you know something that we'll talk about later proves that you can do a black and white uh movie and it, it'll still uh do very well. Yep. Yeah. But let's talk about another uh mixed bag and that was Netflix's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
3: Ah.
2: The beloved.
0: <laughs> yeah. The
2: beloved Texas everyone loved this one. The internet certainly
0: Oh yeah, the internet didn't they get enough of it. Go
2: over this.
3: You know, it's another, I, I saw, I guess it goes this way, both sides. There, It's got its fans, it's got its detractors, um, so.
0: You know, it, it's another one that, and this is, yeah, I just had this conversation a couple weeks ago. I didn't hate it, I didn't love it, it's kind of right in the middle. I enjoyed it. I mean, About at the same though. End of the day, that's kind of where you want to be with the movie, I guess. You 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 want to enjoy a movie. Yeah. And it it had enough for me to enjoy it. I I've rewatched it a couple times. It's not something that I'm going to rewatch on a regular basis, but you know, it, it's it's a solid movie. It's it's a massacre that takes place in Texas. <coughs> in a chainsaw yeah. I mean, it's all right there in the title. You get what... It's it's as advertised.
2: I didn't loathe it as much as some of the internet did. And yeah, it was one of those cases where... Then it's a win! People, a lot of people were very unhappy. <laughs> and then a lot of people that were okay with it took very strong stances. So it was a thing people liked to fight over. Oh, yeah. I think the production, like, visually... And... and it's kind of amazing how much, like, if you kind of look into the behind-the-scenes stuff of it, is, like, there was so much trouble with the production. But from a product like, what actually got on screen, it looks amazing. I think it's a very, like, it's well shot. Uh, it's a very slick-looking movie. Uh, there's some super, like, the bus sequence, even as kind of silly as, like, you're going to get canceled, bro, is. Like, that was <laughs> kind of awesome, right? Yes, yeah, it was
0: um, one of my favorite scenes. I'm not going to lie.
2: The gore, like there's some CG gore. That's whatever. That's fine. But like the gore was was on point. There, it was it was pretty. I mean, it's maybe the most violent Texas Chainsaw movie. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is saying a lot. So I think it's very well made. I think the script sucks. I think the script sucks hard. But so that's where it really fails for me is that. Um, and and whatever, it's a slash like you don't have to love the characters, but I thought the characters were not great. The uh, the setup was kind of strange with with Leatherface and and I get that Leatherface is he's the character everyone knows. You have to have a Leatherface, but it's like but there are other characters too. Like where's the Sawyers? Like I it kind of I feel like ignores what part of what makes the better chainsaw uh,
3: movies work. Um and also cop in a, a Halloween 2018 Laurie Strode thing so, was a terrible decision in my opinion. So actually, and I, I my opinion on all that, because uh, that was a big, um, let me take a couple steps back. So you mentioned, you know, the script and and I, I agree, like the movie thought it was more clever than it really was. Yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I think it was on the right track of, like, where it was supposed to go. Um, and the Lori Strode thing, and a lot of people, like, got upset with it, was like, oh, they brought Sally back, you know, they brought this legacy character back just to, like, just get off, like, right away. Um, and that was kind of, like, the the big thing to me was that it was um, showing that, like, because she... she I know I'm kind of, you know, stuttering over all of this. Um, She says something like, you don't remember me, or something like that, and then just, like, gets killed.
1: And, like, that's the whole point. Like, fuck, no, he doesn't remember who you are. <laughs> right. Like,
3: who you are does not matter. Nothing matters to him other than family. And that's, like, how, like, aren't they... Aren't they on like some sort of transport bus or something at the beginning or. or what? What am I thinking? It, it's the. it's the. the setup is just the, like the. When they all get into the, the house. Influence. Yeah, like they, right. they're they not. he's not bothered by anybody. He doesn't. like, he's not trying to kill anyone. He doesn't care. It's not until they. He's the caretaker yes, dies. And then uh, that's yeah. the Saw's family. That's the yep. whole point. Yeah. Of, of, you know, that they've beaten into our heads for 40 years. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is all about family. Right. Weatherface does not care about you. He, does, he is not bothered by you. He doesn't care. You got away from him 40 years ago. If you're black, if you're gay, if you're any of this stuff. And you
0: could piss in his Cheerios. This is where... The,
3: the script thought it was more clever than it was. Like it's including all this stuff, and I get it; it all makes sense to me. Right. The delivery of isn't the yes. greatest. Yeah, I think that
2: I think that could be done, right? And I, I totally agree with you. And I even like that idea of like she's kind of, yep. of course, been up, obsessed with this. Yes. And then just to be crushed with like the fact that he doesn't even remember her, and like of course, as you said, of course he doesn't. Why would he? Um. I. And I think doing the whole legacy character, that's fine. But it just felt so kind of hollow and, like, ham-fisted and just kind of shoved in there. Sure. Conceptually, not terrible. But, like, she spends most of the movie just, like, going there and then looking at pictures the uh, pictures of the cast from the original movie to remind you who she is. It's yeah. like, you don't need to do that three times. We get it. Right. We get it. The
3: concept. <laughs> Pretty
2: good, I think. Right, right. they delivery. Like, it, it, I even like that they killed her off. Uh, even her death was a little hammy. Like, you took a chainsaw through your torso. Like,
1: I'm going to lay there and, like, deliver a shotgun to this chick who's not going to, like,
2: utilize it well anyway. But I even like that they killed her off. That's, that seems... That's kind of a thing that in my mind separates Texas Chainsaw from Halloween. If you're gonna do legacy character, legacy character, Halloween like kind of gets hung up on it for better or worse, and we I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But Texas Chainsaw, if they're gonna do that, they're then gonna brutalize that legacy character and and knock him off because that's Texas Chainsaw. It's kinda it's it's gritty, it's dirty, it's greasy. That's how it does.
0: One hundred percent. Now moving into a little bit more polished one. Let's talk about nope.
2: Akira slide. Akira slide. That's all I got to say. <laughs> there's... Okay, so do you know what the Akira slide is? It's something that gets replicated a lot in animation. Oh, no. Okay, okay. It doesn't matter. For those who know, no, there's an Akira slide in this movie. And Jordan Peele is super excited to be able to do it. It's just It's the shot of the motorcycle sliding sideways away from the camera. Um, it's kind of a famous shot from the anime Akira and, uh, you see it used in animation a lot, but he got to do it in live action. He was super excited. Just I guess
0: (laughs) (laughs) now this goes back to, uh, you know, you know, Randy, you were talking about the Munsters trailer. I was, when I saw the second trailer for Nope, I was a little, uh, annoyed that they kind of gave it all away.
1: It's like the I first think...
0: trailer, it was still mysterious or something in the sky. You're like, Oh cool, what is it? Second trailer dropped, you're like, Oh, it's aliens. Well, shit. You watch the movie, okay, it's aliens, but holy shit is it more than that And which is again why don't hang your hat on the trailer. Uh but no, it was a very well laid out movie. You know, and as, aside from the aliens, it, it felt very real. I mean, it, it was 100% a, this is how you would react to this situation. And it was fantastic.
2: Jordan Peele knows how to, like, construct great sequences. I mean, he's clearly, like, a film nerd, right? Like, he knows how to put together good sequences. He's got good taste. This, and, and you
1: know, Get Out was great, but... This might be my favorite of his movies so far. Nice. And it's 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 interesting talking to like
2: Melanie, uh my girlfriend and co-host on Growth's Podcast, um, I think she'd probably argue that it's not enough of a horror movie, but I feel like it's a horror movie for the big first chunk. And then once you get like the full reveal, it goes like Western adventure, which mm-hmm. is such a weird turn to take in the third act, but that's kind of where it goes. Um the only kind of thing that bums me out a little bit about this movie is I know there was a ton of stuff. Like there's a whole subplot tying to, I can't remember his name. I'm going to call him Glenn from walking dead. Oh, sure. Um, tying to his backstory, which also is great. Although if you think about it, that whole thing, like it's super cool, gives the movie a lot of tone, just that whole like backstory and setup But if you think about it, it's kind of super disjointed from the rest of the movie. Like it doesn't in a way make sense. Um, But apparently there's a whole bunch of stuff from that cut, and so I kind of wish that was there. He said he's going to take that story and maybe hold that back and use something else, but um, otherwise, yeah, I thought it was super cool. I thought it was good.
0: I hope so, because I want to see more about the murdering chimp.
2: Right, right. Well, there's this whole character who's in, like, I kind of fell down a rabbit hole one night about it, Uh, who's in the trailer, like an early trailer that's never in the movie, and apparently he's like... They had this whole like stalker plot line with um, the girl from the show who you see later who had her face ripped off by a yeah. chimp. You see her later yeah. at the rodeo. Um, There's this whole subplot about that. So I don't know if that would have made it feel more disjointed or tied it better together. But, you know, either way. Yeah, no, that's, I didn't actually know any of that. Yeah, no,
3: I. another movie. I mean, look. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this stuff, you know, if you heard me on here before, I I typically lean more towards the positive of things. I enjoy a lot of things. And yeah, this is another one that I just, I enjoyed. I think Jordan Peele is very creative. He offers a fresh voice to the genre, you know, coming from uh, from obvious uh, fan uh, background. But, you know, his comedic background and all that stuff just... I think it all just, it's a nice mixture of things that, that adds to, uh, you know, new new creations that we get out of him, and, um, you know, I, I can't, you know, this is a, a preference thing, and I get it also,
1: like, I suppose maybe, like,
3: I didn't love that, like, the the alien aircraft that actually was just the alien, I guess was like a giant hot air balloon you know but like i guess it represents i don't remember some type of fish or flower or some shit that i don't remember like you know it's an allegory for something and you know i don't i don't remember it but but, you know and i didn't hate
2: you know the way that it was either but it's like oh okay so that's that's what it is huh the main thing I didn't like about the design of that thing is the perfect square mouth. There's no organic things that make perfect squares. And I was mm. like, that's a weird choice,
3: man. I mean, I guess it's an interesting visual, but it's such a weird choice. Sure. But it didn't take me out of the movie or anything. Or like, oh, well, that thing looks stupid. This movie sucks. Because <laughs> I know people that have felt that way, too. Like, right. oh, it's really cool, cool. Oh, oh wait. Oh, that's that's it? Well, screw this whole movie then, I guess.
0: <laughs> to uh, briefly touch on current events, uh, I've, some people on the internet have been commenting that uh, Peel uh, predicted the uh, spy balloons.
1: Ah.
0: Oh, okay, of course, of course. It's
2: like, oh. ah! Not to disparage M. Night Shyamalan, but you, something about this movie feels like where I thought Shyamalan's career would go. Because it's got that, especially the earlier scenes with, like, the quarters and the keys and stuff raining down. Like, it's got yeah. this, like, really kind of this tone of, like, what these weird scenarios that make sense later but really kind of sets a mood that I feel like Shyamalan was really good at in some... is is really good at in some of his films. But I feel like
0: peels such a much... A a much more stronger writer. Peel can stick the ending better.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'd like to see those two team up.
2: Man, Shyamalan, uh, and he gets a lot of slack, and I think some of it's deserved. Sure. But but I feel like he just needs a a writer or co writer or somebody to like have his everything. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%,
3: great directors, but man, they need somebody to help them polish those scripts. And they're, right, and same thing with Zombies, same thing with Shyamalan, like, I don't know necessarily, and this
1: actually does
3: equate some to Shyamalan, I don't necessarily think that I would love to see them direct somebody else's script, because I think they have incredibly unique voices and visions, they need to write their scripts and again, right. have somebody then kind yeah. of, you know,
2: pick somebody up the listen to that also has like a good sense about who, what their voice is, but also like maybe what their
3: weaknesses are. are yeah. Cause like, help. look, like the last airbender or, uh, uh, the Will Smith earth, whatever that movie was called, like those are not. Jordan, or sorry, M. Night Shyamalan scripts. Those are just movies that he just directed, you know, and and obviously, you know, or After Earth, it was called. Not strong movies from him. Um, the Happening, not a strong movie from him, and that was one of his, you know, uh, Lady in the Water, not very strong, but, like, you know, Shyamalan is still very, like... I know this, actually. This will probably lead towards what we're looking forward to for uh, for 2023 movies. Um, so it, it can be touched back then, but um, Shyamalan, uh, I think, was
1: going up with those budgets, more studio involvement, all of that, was not really helping his case much. Right. As you look at those
3: first three, four-ish movies, you're like, oh, okay. But then it still it starts to get a little more. The stakes are bigger. The 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 ideas are bigger. The budgets are bigger. Not quite working out. He's scaled back again. His last several movies have done pretty well. Right. So
2: you know you learn from your mistakes. And you know to to wrap it back around um, to to nope. It's yes. just like the the and why it makes me think of Shyamalan is like. Great cinemator- cinematography, so they get t- they're teamed up with great cinematographers, really well shot, and just interesting ideas. Knows how to craft intriguing. Yeah, that kind of
1: Unbreakable is amazing, and I love just like even how that movie ends with the 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 w- woman giving birth. And there's, like, the camera that goes between, like, there's
2: multiple mirrors, and it just, like, it's all one take, but it's just, like, changing angles by pointing at this mirror, and this mm. mirror, and then yeah, at, the, yeah, yeah. at the doctor, or whoever coming, like, that kind of thing, it's just, like, it's interesting way to shoot the scene that makes you go, okay, I want to see more, what's going on, this is super cool, and Jordan
1: Peele has a really good sense of that. But I feel like he, I mean, he definitely has a different sensibility when it comes to story. But in construction, it's
2: just like that kind of quality and that really, I don't know, so far with him, Us was awesome. But like the whole concept required knowledge that I did not have about this 80s, uh, you know, Hands Across America thing. Mm. So I was so kind of lost on that side of that, that aspect of the movie. But like, yeah, I, he definitely does have a unique voice to like. Yeah. Really good execution, super interesting ideas. So yeah. anyway, yep. On note,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure I'm the first one to say that. Ever. I think you are. <laughs> okay, cool.
0: And uh, the the last one that I want to talk about on our anticipated list has started uh, Ty West's uh, breakout run for these two years, and that's X. And now this is a movie. Where breaking one of the fundamental horror tropes could have saved lives. Sex could have saved lives in this moment.
3: Yeah, you're right. I suppose so, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: All the woman wanted was a little nookie. It's
2: true. You're right, because, you know, it's almost set up like, well, sex is bad, they're going to make a porno, and that's why everyone dies, but it's not. No, it's a it, lack of sex.
0: Yeah, it was just a very horny old lady who... Now, granted, I probably wouldn't do it either. Actually, I know I wouldn't. I have no... Come on, someone, t-
2: take one for the team. Save our lives. I'm She's
0: getting not fe- so bad. I'm getting fed to the gator.
2: She kind of looks like Mia Goth. Come on.
0: If Mia Goth was in the water for like a month. <laughs> Super prude. <laughs> <laughs> But no I mean it, it was I love the movie I mean the kills were great and the the concept was amazing you know it, it had that like when you first start watching it it kind of feels like a uh almost a mockumentary of they're going to make Texas chainsaw yeah and then it turns into oh we're gonna we're gonna make a porno so yeah. it was uh so I, I think I kept referring it to what uh, referring to it as Zack and Miri make Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um and it, it it's just a fun mix between porn and horror and it, it's not you know over engrossed in porn but there's some you know really eerie scene definitely some creepy scene. And, you know, like I just said, the, the kills are just good. They're good solid horror kills, nothing over the top, nothing, you know, that has to uh, really reinvent the wheel. I mean, this is 70s horror, just right out of the gate. Yeah. And I I don't know how else to sum it up.
2: I, I, stylistically, he nailed it, even to the point where he did the whole, like, and I hate it, that, that those transitions where it's just, like, edits from the next scene to this scene to the next scene to this scene, just, like, quick little, like, yeah. cuts back and forth. And I think it even starts doing that after the one guy who's kind of, like, the slightly douchey art, uh, film student-type guy, yeah. who they've got shooting the thing, mentions, like, uh, you know, these art house-style transitions. But that's very... Uh, that's a very 60s, kind of into 70s thing that movies would do sometimes. It makes yeah. me think of... I feel like Easy Writer did it. Sure. Um, but, I mean... It's not new to see a movie that emulates the of, like, a 70s house horror thing. I mean, we mentioned Rob Zombie. Well, and That's Ty West the is,
3: he's very much been that type of filmmaker for a long time. Right. But I think it nails it fairly. I think it utilizes that uh, aesthetic well. Yes. Agreed. Yep. Also, something that popped in my head when, when Moose was talking um, was it does kind
2: of, so it's got the porn aspect, but it, it does approach that interestingly in that it's kind of an examination of not porn itself, but just like different people, their, the people's involved in it, like
3: their viewpoint, and you've yeah. got different opinions. Like yeah. were, the kind of the obvious
2: one is that I mentioned the film student type guy who's totally okay with it until his girlfriend uh-huh. is like, hey. And I think some people kind of give that character... I kind of get why he'd be upset, right? Because maybe not to suddenly like start judging them, but like I feel like as a couple, that's maybe a thing you should discuss first to see if it causes problems. But um,
3: anyway, I I think f- yeah, it's it, it's 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 a it's a deeper psychological.
2: Thing. I, think a of, I think it, a lot of
3: I think a lot of people think, oh no no, it's fine. Like it's just sex. Like you know, he's he's like justifying how it's okay. Like you said, until it actually happens to him, and he can't handle it, he loses. Yeah, I feel like, and it's hard to. It almost feels like the movie plays him as a hypocrite, and he is being hypocrite. But I don't feel like it's a totally. I think it. Yeah, um, and I don't think he's trying to be a hypocrite, or like it's not like painted like a negative hypocrisy. Like it's, it's that's a character study. Yeah. I, I I
2: find it. I'm glad. Moose um, we that we've got this in the anticipated list, and guess that's a quick recap, but, uh... I've I I still not been a able to
3: see Pearl. Oh, you yeah. haven't? No. I mean, you <laughs> guys can talk about it if you've watched it, by all means. I liked this a lot, and it's... I feel like this would hold someone's attention more than Pearl, but I
0: kind of like Pearl way better. Like, it's just got, like, these hooks, hmm. and this is good, but Pearl... Pearl just seems more unique. I guess I should I that's maybe a better way to put it. Well, and saying with that, let's uh give the you know, klaxon warning of hey, that was our anticipated list and now let's we're going to dive into the uh 2022 uh hits and yeah, I definitely want to start with Pearl. But there's probably going to be spoilers. I'm not listing off all the movies. So, uh you can it's a review you
3: episode. It's a year-in-review episode. Yeah,
0: uh, it's there's be spoilers. Full of spoilers. So heads up, <laughs> it's on you.
2: But yeah, if we start talking about a movie you don't want to hear spoilers for, then yeah, maybe yeah. tune out for a bit. A movie will be said. The title will be said. And if the you're movie, like, "Oh, I haven't watched that," skip we're just forward like with two minutes. Minute. We're gonna start with the spoiler and then tell you what movie it is.
0: <laughs> <the first laughs> it's like Jeopardy. We'll give you the answer. You have to ask us a question.
2: <laughs> <Right>. uh,
0: <coughs> but Pearl. Oh, man. You know, I mean, I didn't realize that there were going to, you know, he was it was going to be both of them in the same year. So It's crazy. It's crazy that he did. Yeah. And I had heard that he,
2: Pearl, he, was, he said, I don't know how much truth there is. I don't, I, after having seen it, I don't think this is totally accurate, but he had secretly filmed this whole other movie while making X. But I kind of like, I kind of feel like, it's, it's a smaller cast, but I
1: kind of feel like Pearl would have required more in production, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
3: So not seeing it, I don't know any of that. Um I believe it was while they started working on X, because they did it in like think New Zealand. Um as they're working on that and that main the actress that's that's Mia Goth or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um really enjoying how like they worked together this that blah 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 whatever that he started concocting this idea for pearl as x was going and then he essentially extended
0: their time there okay so but yeah i mean
3: not necessarily filmed while x was filming um but
0: definitely like worked shortly on
3: shortly after
0: yeah uh, i don't know if
3: that helps or changes much but
0: But yeah, Pearl definitely shows us the uh, change in the character of Pearl from this, like, kind of shy farm girl, deranged, sex-crazed murderer, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Well, I kind of feel
2: like the deranged was there.
1: It's a super interesting character study. Yeah. It's... Um...
2: And less, this is why I say, I think, and I could be wrong, I could be missing the mark, but I feel like a general audience or just kind of like your basic horror audience would be more entertained by X because it's more typical Slatcher. Yeah. Whereas this is straight up, this is straight up a character study.
0: I say this, this is more psychological.
2: And I feel like there's not as much that happens in this, but I feel like this just has more that just pop and stick in my mind and. Mia Goth, like, Mia Goth in, in X, I was like, okay, she's interesting. She's got an interesting look. I'm not super familiar with her. She's amazing in this. Oh, 100%. Her, her, her acting in, in this is incredible, and it really is kind of what makes the movie. And it's not, I mean, it's not all on her show. It kind of is. She's the main character, and it follows her for Even if, like, there's a large chunk where there's not even other characters around. But... The look of the film, like X, is emulating a period. In this case, it's like that very technicolor, bright, colorful, uh kind of fifties. Yeah, forties, fifties era. That's which like, is super like interesting.
0: World War Two-ish, I think, is where it's Right.
2: Uh, right. So yeah, that'd be what, forties for sure.
0: Yeah, late forties, early fifties. Um So it's interesting to see a horror movie because we've seen we've seen the seventies house thing, the grainy film. The a certain kind of color grading, but it's interesting to see
2: a horror film with where it's those blues and reds and everything's just super intense and technicolor, and it even has that like old school, um, I don't know, the wind, Wizard of Oz sounding score, just the way the strings yeah. are. Um, it so it emulates that time
1: period, but this is most definitely like. The
2: subject matter is not it's something you'd see in one of those movies. Um, and she's a pretty interesting character. I feel like her being old in X is kind of
1: what makes her unique. In this one, it's just, I mean, we've gotten character studies of, like, killers and stuff before, but she the, the, the shy farm girl. But
2: also, like, clearly something's wrong with her and has probably always been wrong with her. And you get glimpses of that. Sometimes you get larger glimpses. Sometimes she makes out with Scarecrows. Like, there's just this interesting, like, she's a unique character. And I feel like that comes across more. Scarecrows? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta so, see this movie. Dude, you... Uh,
0: so, for anyone who knows... I'm knows, afraid where they put the corn cob. Here's here's the things. There's, there's I, I think, three scenes that stick with me from this movie. And if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Scarecrow... The credits are incredible. I'll just say that. Like, alright. She's amazing. I say, and this also doubles as a pandemic movie. Because there, there was the flu outbreak that took place. So, you also see the paranoia of, essentially what we just went through, of don't accept things from other people right now, and there's people walking around in masks, and... You know, everything that we just went through in 2020, essentially, what, almost 100 years ago, like, to the extent that uh, Pearl's, I think, sister-in-law gave her a ham, and it got set out on the porch, and through this movie, and this is what sticks with me, you watch this ham, like, deteriorate and get, like, maggot-infested, and you just get watch this thing decay and just keep... Uh, rotting is like this is kind of intense, and
2: it's I mean it's also not necessarily subtle, but a nice like that is I, I, uh, that is Pearl's like mental state degrading. Yeah, to the point where it
0: eventually it finds its way in the house on the table, and it's yep. just like disgusting. And it's like yeah, she's gone. She's gone at that point. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. It she went with the ham.
2: It is. I, I can't understand like how kind of wild it is in a horror movie that one of the standout scenes for me is a several minutes long monologue that at a certain point, the camera just doesn't cut away. Like early into her monologue, this is way towards the end of the movie. Uh, she has this long monologue and like maybe once or twice early in the monologue, it'll cut to uh, the other person in this. But at, at a certain point, it just holds on her for a long time. Yeah, And, uh, and it's fascinating. It's it's well-written in that, like, it's super fascinating insight into a, a maniac, really. But also, it almost works to make you sympathize with her. It's like, oh, I mean, she's clearly a kill a crazy killer. But at the same time, you're like, I kind of understand it. I kind of get, like, it, it, at least you can kind of sympathize with, like, she knows. Like, she knows. And she knows something's wrong with her. She doesn't necessarily feel good about that. Um, and the performance is amazing. It Just holds on to her several minutes as she does this monologue, and it's like the standout scene of the
0: movie. Oh, one hundred percent. Let's jump over to uh, another, another one of those that I think skates the line between uh, like horror and uh, maybe action movie, um, and that's Barbarian. Um. It's 100% suspense, but I think there's enough being held captive that helps you, uh, helps us become a horror movie. And then when you see the main character, that really flips it. But it definitely rides that line. You know, it's another one of those that rides the line. And it's also kind of a weird movie. That could have added some more story elements. But is this one, uh, Billy? I know you've seen it. Yes. Randy, have you seen this one? I have yes. Uh, what would you think,
3: Billy? You go first. I feel like I've been talking a bit. I'm a little confused by the action that you said. I mean, I
0: certainly don't get like lethal weapon or anything. <laughs> well, there's a lot of chase scenes. That's a horror movie.
2: And I
0: think I say think action. I guess I'm not, action might have been wrong. i it thinking maybe more of a drama.
2: Sure. Does. I mean, it's also kind of a unique. It's not. It's kind of a unique setting. That's uh, yeah. But I think what I like best about it is is the setting. And you know, other movies like It Follows is kind of touched on It Follows. And oh, what's the other one uh, with the with the the blind guy? Oh,
1: oh, um, the Intrusion in his house. And they made a sequel, which is weird that they made a sequel and he's kind of the main character of that. But uh, yeah,
2: people are yelling
3: at us right now. Uh, <laughs> don't see uh don't see <laughs>
2: that's
3: the best <that's> <laughs> nah, i can't remember
2: what it's called but i like that movie too don't breathe uh, but don't that's breathe a, don't breathe that's what it is See. yeah
1: <laughs> but the like
2: abandoned detroit setting is, is yes i I'm very yeah very much what was it follows in detroit i suppose they, they they had some bits where it wasn't all in Detroit but there's a big chunk of the movie where they're kind of wrong I did and they're I did not. for the one kid
3: yeah I did not pick up on that and it follows not that it really isn't there. now that you say it like I kind of can but I definitely was like oh this feels so much like don't breathe just it, just in its setting and I guess even that like it ends up having this secret underground bunker thing um so basement, whatever not that not, not that then don't breathe its whatever doesn't really matter. um yeah no i i ended up liking barbarian um the way that it was explained to me cuz as i've said you know i, I have things uh, on trailers and in most cases i don't watch them anyway um i'll judge if i'm going to see the movie based on who's in it who directed you know uh, whatever um and uh this one i knew nothing about it and you know it's probably one that i may have looked at a trailer for uh and a couple people said don't watch the trailer it is a movie that like whatever it portrays in the trailer is not going to be anything like what you see um so i don't really even know how accurate or inaccurate that is but Um, so I went into this completely blind, um, and, uh, yeah, I, you know, I ended up enjoying it, a a lot, um, you know, it, the, the shared Airbnb, uh, scenario, like definitely, you know, starts getting you like, ooh, you know, what's, uh, you know, what's Bill Skarsgård, you know, Pennywise, you know, what's, uh, what's he gonna do is he actually a is he a good guy like he says is he a bad guy you know what's going on you know um and then it cuts to the the justin long scenes and it's like a completely different movie at that point it's like what's this have to do with anything yeah oh he's hollywood type guy that owns property he's renting out this place so he has to go back okay okay and and even still it's like what what is it about him he seems pretty convincing, to me anyway, while I'm watching. He's getting uh, caught up in a me too thing, and, you know, it seems like, like to me, that he may have been innocent. You know, he's like, well, wait, wait a minute. Like, I'm getting canceled from all my stuff because this thing? Like, I didn't do this. Like, how do I get it? Well, you know, like, it's a very common thing, you know, going on uh, that's been brought to light in recent years so i was like okay well what's this lead to well this ultimate leads to he's a self-imposed piece of shit yeah
1: (laughs) you
3: know I'm like oh okay that was kind of a a neat way to get there but um you know we start to see like the flashback stuff and that this you know woman was abducted and you know been down there for all these years and you know it starts to evolute on evolution i suppose um child after child after child all this stuff like i don't know it it definitely ended up being like just things i didn't expect and um again had no idea that it was gonna go to these directions and i don't know i
1: liked it <laughs> yeah th- this is a movie that i also i, I might have checked
2: out the, sp- uh, the trailer but it was word of mouth like i kept hearing about this Barbarian, and it was getting high praise, so I went into it, no like virtually nothing. I do like the justice Justin Long, the double twist, the first twist that like, oh, this guy's in here. Now we're following him, and like, yeah, okay, and then the twist of like, oh no, he's a dirtbag. Yeah, like, there's a lot of great ideas, and I liked, I liked the movie overall. Yeah. I will say, and I am not, I don't like when characters do stupid
1: things for horror to happen, um, but. I'm a horror
2: fan. Like, I accept it. It's going to happen. I will say, I don't remember since. It's been a while since I watched this. But this is one of the few movies where the characters did such stupid things sometimes. I was pissed off. It actively made me mad. And at a certain point, Melanie and I were both watching it. And we're both, like, so irritated with these characters that I was like, "I I don't think I like this. I don't want to watch this. I, we kept watching it, of course.
1: <laughs> so
2: it's it's such this weird like angle of I don't think I've ever had a movie that really like hit me so hard that way. In that I gave it a lower star rating on Letterbox because it the characters irritated me so much with some of their decisions.
3: And, and I, I think, think I know what you're talking about. Stuff like you know the, uh, leaving that that basement door open or whatever, like right. knowing that it was gonna shut or like oh, I really shouldn't go further, but, oh, I'm going well, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, right. and, like, there's no way in hell that you'd, like, find this, like, secret passageway and be like, oh, I'm going down there. You know, like... Right, right. Yeah, no,
0: you find a secret passageway, no. first thing that pops in your head, but like, nope.
3: When Justin Long did it, it was fucking awesome. Right, right.
2: Because he's such... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, in his character, he, this he is exempt from this, but, like... Right. You find a hidden room in a basement with a disgusting looking mattress and a video oh, camera. Yeah. Right? You don't then, like, well, where's this? Let's tr- follow this further. Nope. You get out of there, especially yeah. in this scenario. no, I agree. It, yeah, crazy. But I like, I do like this, like, on paper, I like the story a lot. It's, it's weird. That reveal of the woman down there before mm-hmm. we get, you know, before we cut to Justin Long. Was, was great, and then we're with Justin Long, and the tone's completely different, and it's like, oh, they're doing kind of a modern a psycho thing. Well, we kind of, we go back to those characters, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff in this. Justin Long's character, like, how that plays out at the end I really like. It's just there's some stuff with the character writing that irritated me so much that it kind of, de- that it definitely detracted from the film. Otherwise, I don't think it's sure. bad. I think it's uh, it's unique. And that's, that's definitely good. And well- you
3: know, and it's funny too, um, Moose and I had to, to talk about this. Cause I was like, when I was explaining to him, you know, very, uh, uh, I don't know, cryptically, I suppose, um, of like why he should watch it and stuff. And I think like the only thing that I told him as like, the only thing that I don't understand about it and like I had to look up the definition because I'm like, I don't know why the fuck it's called Barbarian. Like, what does that have to do with Conan? <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or like He-Man, or like, you know, like the the, the thing, you know, the, the stereotype of what a Barbarian is.
1: Apparently
3: that's not at all like what Barbarian like is by definition, which I don't remember, but it very much like made sense. But I'm like, what? Why, why is it even called Barbarian? What is this? Interesting. You know, now that you mention it, I think
2: that is, I did watch the trailer and I think that the trailer kind of pushed me to want to watch it more because I watched the trailer and I was still like, why is this called Barbarian? That doesn't make any sense. I right. Now I have to watch it. Like the trailer looked okay, but the, that with the title, it's like, wait, what? Barbarian? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I still um, don't get it.
3: Paul, are you looking it up?
0: I, so I want to get the words exactly right. Yeah. Give me just a second.
3: Yeah. It's like once he explained it to me after looking it up. It's like oh, okay, I guess that works. Like barbarian, like can mean more than just
0: you know, say it's it's typically epic warrior. Uh, so yeah, the 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 more traditional is to be obviously brutal, but it's uncultured, primitives, uh, uncivilized. Right. Which okay. when you get to, I guess the mama to t. I mean yeah. uneducated, un everything. Lucky she's wearing a diaper. Uh I guess
2: that also kind of reflects in the Justin Long cancel
1: culture kind of plot, I guess a little bit too. If you want to talk about like
0: he's uncouth. Yeah. <laughs> um uncivilized in the like not Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean look, you know, you you reach a certain level
3: of of stardom in hollywood um you know they can start to become uncivilized to a certain degree they you know with the like hey you're um you're being like investigated on you can't leave the state and he's
1: like what i'm already in michigan right right like, you you can't do
0: that what 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 do you mean i can't do that like i have tiger's blood the, right, the Vatican
1: Assassin.
2: Yeah, they it just, like, the general, the conventional rules of civilization doesn't uh, apply to them. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So, I yeah. hope we didn't just, like, think about that title deeper than whoever wrote the screenplay. I feel like they probably had that in mind. but uh, Probably. Yeah. I don't think you call a
0: movie like that barbarian without having those thoughts. Right. I, see, um, I don't know. There, there, there was... Uh... Another one on this list that I thought about deeper than than what some people have thought about, but that's just how I look at movies. But I'm not ready to get into that one yet. Okay. Um. But uh, let's get into uh, one that wrapped up a trilogy. Okay. We, we, we let's saw... Uh, let's talk the final installment of Halloween
2: ever Because it ends. Halloween There'll never ends. be another. No. Not from Lionsgate. Of course not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Halloween ended in 2022.
2: This is another one that wasn't
3: contentious at all. Did you say Lionsgate?
0: Yeah, I fucked up. Yeah, it's not. Yep. Blumhouse. Plum, yep.
3: New Age Lionsgate.
0: Yep. As soon as it came out, I was like, oh. Shit happens. Yep. A lot to process. Oh, well. Lionsgate probably won't do it either, so it works out. So I'm not technically wrong. I'm just wrong in the sense of who made this movie.
1: Okay.
0: Anyway. <laughs> but talking about Halloween ends, we get Michael Myers, Michael Myers Light, Lori Strode, Lori Strode Light. It's... What's interesting is it kind of sets it up for what could be a uh, new franchise, but it's not because it ended, which sucks because it would have been interesting to see where the, you know, Halloween, the next generation, as it were, were to take it. But I, I am more interested to hear what you guys thought, especially you, Billy, knowing you know where you sit with the Halloween franchise. Yeah. Uh, so...
3: Um, it's my least favorite of the new three, but I will say that I, I enjoyed the deeper meaning of it more than I did the movie itself. Um, and I think something that a lot of people missed from it was, um, society creates its monsters. I think is the, the larger story being told throughout these. Um, the first one, Michael Myers has been in this um, psych ward or mental, whatever you want to call it, mental institution. Uh, you know, this, you know, for 35 years or whatever it was, um, he has essentially been fine when the podcasters show up with his mask they kind of start poking the bear a little bit. That's when things start to happen again. Um that's where the strength comes from. His his strength, his power, his evil comes from the power that society gives to him. And the second one, I know people, you know, complained about like at the end of the movie, you know, like, the entire town is beating the shit out of him. There's no way that he can overcome this how is he surviving this how is he not harmed it's because that is a lot of of power you know that these people are are giving
1: to him the third movie some time has passed he is weaker he is dying um the kid i forget his name uh you know the main guy
3: that starts to make his yeah. transition um, tragic event happens, not really his fault, but he gets blamed for it. Society turns their backs on him. He starts to become evil. You know, they talk about how, like, Michael Myers, like, transferred his, the evil to him. Like, uh, And I suppose maybe that's part of it, but, like, Michael Myers was becoming weaker and dying because nobody cared about him anymore they now cared about this new guy who was now, like, becoming the evil. That, I think, is what the big story being told is. That's the deeper meaning of these movies is, you know, it, it's what does society do? Um, and, you know, if I, I don't really care to use the term of woke, but I think this is more woke uh, in a sense that than people would think, and not woke in the sense of, Oh, they tried to, you know, you know, put, you know, gay characters or, or, you know, anything like that. Like woke in the sense of like, the, like, look at where we are with, you know, things. And and I I know I'm like going on and I'm getting deeper, (laughs) but look at where we are with, you know, we, we often ask our, ask ourselves, like, were things this bad back then? Well, Yes, but we didn't hear about it all the time. Now we have social media. Everything is there. We perpetuate everything. The the littlest crumb of something gets turned into the biggest thing. We, as society, make it worse. That's what Michael Myers is in all of this. The moment that he's getting forgotten, and that's kind of been told. It's been a a story told a little bit with, like, Freddy Krueger. You know, he's been he's been lying dormant. He needs the town to feed on. He needs people talking about him so he can start going back in their dreams. It's kind of the same thing that's being told here with Michael Myers. He needs the evil of people to build him up to do what he does. And they transferred that over to, to New Guy. So anyway, agree, disagree? <laughs> no, makes sense. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I agree with your assessment of, of like, the things behind it,
2: for sure. Um, I would like this movie so much better if Laurie Strode wasn't in it. And that's, like, it, it's so interesting because, like, I feel like they they hung it out on, like, they hung the hat on, like, the final confrontation between Laurie and Michael. But for me, yes. that's, like, the least interesting thing about this movie. In fact, it kind of ruins what they were doing. Uh, but right. also, it following Halloween Kills hurts this movie a lot because Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills was a continuous story. The fact that we don't get Corey Corey Cunningham... Nah, yeah, 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 there we go, thank you. The fact that we don't get his character, like, it, it would help if he even just, in the background, popped up in the other movies, because of how tightly woven the first two movies were. I agree. The, and the way Halloween ends ended, where, you know, kill off the one lady, he's stronger than ever, and... Uh, She's gonna get him, and then we go into this movie. Laurie could care less. She's trying to move past it. She's moved into town. Uh, Michael Myers is rotting in a in a in a sewer somewhere. There are definitely some weird like plot points pulled from various Halloween sequels, but I guess kind of all the trilogies did that a little bit. Yeah, they. Yeah, for sure. But it feels like Halloween Kills. The whole movie was a buildup. To something that we didn't, and then, and then it ends and I kind of cut it slack because I'm like, well, they've had this trilogy planned, right? Like they did the first one and then be, I think before it was even released, they're like, it's going to be a trilogy. Like it's agreed on, like the deal's done. So I was like, okay, I'll cut kill some slack because the ending of it, because there's going to be another one. This drops like all the main threads, like all the threads. I mean, it's got the carryover characters. And it's like, no, we're going to do this completely other thing. And part of it, and I know it's, it's not necessarily fair to judge a movie based on the sequels or whatever, whatever, or your expectations. But I think in this case, it's a little fair because of how it was presented and how tightly woven. The first two were, you couldn't help but having expectations coming into this. And it's like, we're going to swerve hard, right? And that's why I say... It coming after Halloween Ends hurts it a little bit. And the Lori Strode aspect, even though I know that's what people want, or at least that's what the studios convinced the fans want. Maybe that is what the fans want. But um, I feel like that also hurts it. Because I think you could do the story of Corey and, it, it, you know, a weakened Michael Myers, and even sure, like, throw the daughter in there. Like, the whole love story, I kind of wish they would have pushed her further into darkness along with Corey because that I felt like that was interesting it's like oh she's like he's had a rough time you get it you get why he's kind of going this path um and if she's obviously had a rough time but you wouldn't expect her like it'd be interesting to almost have her take the anti Lori path where Lori's like I mean she kind of didn't like
0: she's not super good or anything but she you know justice and like we gotta get Michael eventually. I like the idea of, like, maybe she takes a dark turn. Um, Almost a Bonnie and Clyde of uh, slashers? A little bit,
2: to where it's like she really shouldn't, but also you kind of understand why she would. Yeah. Um, her mom was killed. Like, her her, her boyfriend, her dad, like, and she lost, like, everybody. Uh, so I kind of wish, but then, like, once we get into that third act, I mean, I like how they kind of wrapped up Corey's deal but then it just like derails into the uh, Lori and Michael fighting. And like, I feel like the story that the most of this movie is about doesn't, for me, have a satisfying conclusion on its own because it's still tied into the the Lori Michael thing, which feels kind of too separated from the story this movie wants to. Take,
3: yeah. If that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And I think. I think they felt they could get away with it. And part of it, I agree because essentially this is halloween 3 it's supposed to be a complete left turn it's supposed to not be the same story anymore right but that's all done inside of a still connected story right so it's like i get what you're going for you you went the whole left turn i love and always have been a fan of halloween season of the witch
1: oh yeah um so wanting to go a a, a new route
3: is a, a fun idea, but you're still also wrapping up ends to conclude your trilogy.
0: I us say it's it's Halloween three but with the same issue Halloween two had in that if you cut out most of the me you could have thrown it at the end of one and made one you know, one movie. So you could have cut out most of the me, thrown it in at the end of Halloween Kills, and wrapped up the Laurie and Michael, st- and still right. made and still made this movie.
2: Yeah, you no, know, yeah, that's that's totally valid. I think you're right. That would have been. It might have made for a weird trilogy in the way that at least I perceived it, the trilogy was being pitched to us. But I think it would have made Kills and this movie both stronger. Yeah, because um, I think there's interesting stuff in this. I I, I like. I think this is. Of the three, Oh, in terms yeah, a like, totally agree, version. Yes, yeah, it it looks great. I kind of yes. like the mood and the tone yep. it's going for. Um, yeah, it just has too much baggage. Yeah, and I mean, it does hurt me a little bit to see such a weakest. Like I, it, there's a little bit, but I'm not one of those that's like you ruined Michael Myers. Like no, it's fine. That's <laughs> an interesting thing you, they're doing. Um, even like when I the scene, the scene, and I feel like this scene really bothers people. Uh, is
1: when he goes back to the sewer and, you know, he <laughs> beats on Michael Myers and takes the mask, even though it
2: might not necessarily make sense. Just like the, like, you're just a man. And he takes the mask. And I was like, that's that's kind of a powerful scene. I really like it. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The Laurie stuff is just, like, it's tied in there, but it, yeah, that's really what bugs me. I, I said it too many times.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I you know but like you had mentioned earlier like do fans actually want the lori thing is that what's just convinced you of man like after you know rob zombie did his which at the end of the day still told the same story as the original you know it's it's the whole family aspect it's the strode family michael myers coming from that lori this lori that like once his were done as like cool give me more michael myers Please just put them out there on Halloween night, killing people. Right. Like, I don't want any more Laurie Strode stuff. I just don't want any more Strode family. And when they announced that Jamie Lee was coming back, I was like, oh, fuck. But then they announced that she's not going to be family. Because in that first movie, she wasn't. That was yes. never the plan. So you always- know, I'm like, okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with this. It's different. It's not family anymore. But it's still kind
2: of, still went that works color. I think 2018 one handled it perfectly. That's why I was was such a fan of that. Yeah. Because I was never a big fan of Halloween 2. And I know people, a lot of people like it. And it's fine as a movie, but I hated the sister. Like, I hated that. Like, you don't, it's such a sequelitis thing to do. It's like, you don't need that. It's actually, in my mind, better that she wasn't. She just happened to be there. She came to the the house. And John
0: Carpenter didn't want to do it either. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He need money. So, right. As he, fascinating he... as this is. No. Uh, let's. We will revisit Don't Halloween. Don't you interrupt on a... us. I'll interrupt if I want to interrupt. I will say we will uh, revisit Halloween on another episode. Um, because I think there's a lot more to discuss. Um, especially since
2: since
0: uh it on every episode. <laughs> every, every episode is Halloween. It's... You know, our version of the Grolix Doctor Who. Um,
1: <laughs> yep.
0: But. Sorry, no. I, I, I think there is a lot more to discuss, and especially since the episode that Billy and I, way, way, way back when. I mean, there's a lot more to come out. So, yeah, I think it would be interesting for the three of us to sit down and discuss the differences. So, Upside, do you guys have a sneak peek at an upcoming episode? Don't know when, don't know where. But, well, I know where. It'll be right here. Uh. But moving forward, uh, you mentioned Rob Zombie, and it brings us to where black and white does work, and it's horror from an unlikely sort, and that's Disney Marvel. Right, right. And that's Werewolf by Night. Now, this is one that I'd been excited for, for, and when the trailer dropped, I was really excited. Black and white. It had that hammer and universal feel, and just that, just classic monster feel to it. And I, you know, just watching the trailer, I was hoping it wasn't just to get you interested in it. And you you sit down to watch it, and no, the whole thing's in black and white, and it just it throws you back to not
3: the whole
0: well, not the whole thing, no, but (laughs) like the 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 majority of the film is just in black and white it throws you back to like the early days of horror and i remember watching it and aside from being a fan of the characters and a Marvel nerd and all that stuff i'm watching werewolf by night and for the first time in as long as i can remember i felt like a kid again sitting down watching you know dracula and you know nosferatu wolfman things like that and it it gave you know you got that feeling of you know just getting back to your roots and starting out at horror again, and I mean they captured that essence beautifully, and and still get goosebumps talking about it. It's awesome, um, and th- th- it's like the best thing I loved about it. They they sat out to capture this 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 essence of horror and nailed it.
2: I didn't know this was happening. And then I think the trailer dropped and I was oblivious to it until I don't know, I seen mention of it and I I had seen mention of Man Thing. And Man Thing always catches my eye because I'm a huge Swamp Thing fan, and they're not the same, but they're similar characters on different sides of the fences, right? They're both things. So like, they're things. Right. And they happen to be created by people who were rooming together at the time. And I, working love, for this, separate companies. And I love the story of how it was made. <laughs> right. Um so that caught my eye and I was like Okay, I'll check out the trailer and I was like, "Oh, okay. Interesting, interesting. This was just delightful but fun. This was such a surprise. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't I don't have a ton to say about it, but this was a very pleasant surprise. I like that it went it is classic horror uh, like theme. It's still got a little bit of the action and mm-hmm. y thing. Oh, yeah. It's Marvel. But also like when it needs to it's got some edge to it. It's got some bite. There's definitely some kills that def- that surprised me. I was like, oh, Marvel's uh let, letting them, uh, I don't know, I guess, run a little wild with this. And, uh, yeah, good fun. I really enjoyed it. I, I really, I would like to see more like this. I wish this was longer, but I feel like it's such a good idea of, like, it's basically like a TV special, right? Or a special, yeah. a special presentation yeah. where it's 45, to a, 45 minutes to an hour long, one-off here you go, not quite a movie, not a TV show, uh, let's explore this character, or these characters, and I feel like, I don't know that they're using it this way, but that's also like, it's a good way to test, like, Ooh, our audience is going to like this, well, you're not too invested in it, just throw it out there, give it a shot, also maybe give it to somebody who's got passion for it, from what I understand, that's
3: what they did, Yeah, let them do something a little different, if yeah. it fails, I forget his name, too. it's Michael Gooden something, he's okay. a composer, Right, yeah. he's sure. a really great composer these days, too. Um, but yeah, he, he directed, I guess he's maybe done, like, a few shorts here and there. I don't recall that he's done anything really of note. You know, so this is, like, his first, like, kind of big project, from what I understand. And yeah, um, yeah, he just knocked it out of the park. Like, just a really cool, said throwback that, like, look, it doesn't 100% feel like a movie that came out of you know, 1940 or whatever, but, um, you know, they do a good job of capturing those vibes and, you know, making it feel like, you know, characters from that time frame, and and yeah, it
1: it was, it was cool, I'd love to see more like it, and, you know, I think it was pretty well
3: received, I don't see why we wouldn't see more like it, and I hope we see more from those characters, you know, we got some, some man thing out of it that, you know, again, loved, and Know, a great way to pull it off and yeah i hope we see agreed
0: now we go from black and white to a black phone ah. <laughs> this one is a little strange at first but once it gets rolling it uh it's definitely a solid movie mm-hmm. uh it's it's another one of those it touches on you know being a uh, capture victim and You know, it's an escape film with a twist of able to talk to all of the past, uh, victims. Yeah. Without getting in, you know, getting too spoilery, it's a really good concept. I mean, you don't typically, uh, you know, when when you see the capture films, it's like, okay, how are they going to get out? Well, in this one, it's... It gets laid out by all the failed attempts. And there's definitely hints of supernatural. Uh, and it's, I, I want to see, I'd like to see a prequel actually, not a sequel, but a prequel. Uh, cause I'd like to learn more about Ethan Hawke's character and what made him who he is. Uh, Billy, what are your thoughts?
3: Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I can't say that like there's a ton about it, uh, that I, I have to say. Um, I, not that, you know, particular to this movie, but I, I love that Ethan Hawke has seemed to have found a cool niche within the horror genre over these last number of years. And yeah, uh, he, he's doing a great job of like playing these very different types of characters. And in this one too, um, you know, he's multiple personalities depending on like yes. which mask he's wearing. I thought that was some pretty cool aspects and i i just i think i think the the character work of him and the mystery of like how is this kid able to talk to all these past failed uh, victims on the phone i think is just what makes it like really interesting to follow i think the story itself
1: is pretty common Kind of like you said you know it's just like oh yeah. yeah he's
3: captured how does he get out um i think those are a lot of different interesting aspects of how um it keeps you interested the whole time to you know have an ending that is again pretty typical um you know with uh oh we think it's this house we think it's this house everything you know that the the, the girl is seeing leads to that house oh no, it's the one across the street, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, like, again, kind of typical, and like, if it didn't have all these other really interesting elements, it would just seem like a rather obvious kind of movie, but it, I think all that other stuff kept it so intriguing along the way that maybe some of those weaker points didn't matter as much. Yeah, I think, I think that whole point that. <clears throat> I think the point you were just you just hit on is part of why I
2: like it so much because there's so potential for it to be just a totally run-of-the-mill, if not at times, cheesy horror movie. Because on paper, it's like, okay, I mean, this is that's not unique. It's not special. But for me, it's something about the execution it makes it work. It makes it work, and I really liked it. It's this is another like '70s set in the '70s movie, kind of pulling a '70s look, but not like. I mean, with the music selections, I can't say they're not drawing your attention to it, but not drawing your attention to it in the way that like X does. It's not like a grainy grindhouse thing. It's just got it's that's a got, vibe. It's got the vibe. It's the setting, the music a bit, the color grading even, but it's not over the top. It's just like oh, like that's like I don't know, a certain Kodak look in whatever film they were using in the back in the day. It's just got the right color grading, but also Ethan Hawke's character could be horrible. Like I mean could just so bad and cheesy. But it kind of works for me. The other thing I think that really helps this is I mean Ethan's, Ethan Hawke even kinda of plays it over the top. Uh, I don't think that's controversial to say. But the kids, I feel like are the best actors. The like to me the, yeah. the brother sister, like they're they're great. I, I thought they did great and the fact that they're so they're definitely competent actors and like they're very grounded. In this supernatural, even though supernatural things are going on, they feel very grounded. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I really, I think Four Stars, I really like this one. And part of it is just like, yeah, they nailed that, and it could have gone so wrong, but it it, it didn't. I mean, I don't know how memorable it's going to be of a movie. Like, it's not, it's not like a classic, but, yeah, I really liked it.
0: So, in an effort to save time, uh, I'm just going to mention a couple movies. And then we'll move on. Uh, Now, these two I do plan on talking about in future episodes. And that is The New Hellraiser and Smile, both of which uh, were amazing movies. And I will definitely get into in future episodes. And, of course, the, I'd say, knockout hit of 2022, and that's Terrifier 2. Uh, Talked about that a few months ago. Go back, check out the episode with uh, Michael Levy. Complete spoiler episode, we do a complete deep dive into it. Now, that said, there are also a few series of uh, note this year. And we have three listed. I'll name them off, and we can decide which one we really want to dig into, because we've almost been here for two hours. Uh, oh, baby! <laughs> right. Right. Um, so, we had Wednesday the story of Wednesday Adams finding herself. We had Chucky and Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. All three were, I'd say, like the biggest horror series of 2022, arguably. Um, gentlemen, which one would you like to get into today?
3: Well, I'm still so curious about the Cabinet of Curiosities because I haven't seen it. So oh. <laughs> there's that.
2: Can I give you like one sentence on each and then I'll call it good? Actually, each of those series?
0: Actually, yeah, you go ahead and then we'll just jump into our 2023 list. That works for me.
2: I'm, I mean, I'm not good. At, I know I'm not. We're, we're not great about keeping this contained. I was nope. amused at your like anticipated list in the notes, people. It says about five minutes per title. Meh.
3: Um, nope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that though. <laughs> Obviously.
0: <laughs> I didn't pay attention to my own notes, so it's okay. <laughs>
2: Uh, We're still make it a two part Right In the future you should Like consider Yeah Like let's let's split these things up And like Anyway Wednesday I Don't know that my expectations were high I don't think they were Uh, Overall I liked it It's not great It's appropriate for what it is
3: I hate the casting of the parents Hate it And it's Yeah That's it That's it Although uh, Randy's about ready to start going On And goes Oh Yeah I just One don't sentence. like it. Moving on. I didn't say it wasn't going to be an extremely long run on <laughs> Um,
2: Chucky continues to be a delight. I'm so glad this yeah. like franchise continues on in series form. It's so good. There's so many fun minimums. That's all I'll say about it. Um, Cabinet of Curiosities. Horror anthology. This might be, though, my favorite horror series of the year and it's, it's kind of a surprise. I mean, I was expecting to like it, but horror anthologies can be very hit or miss and I feel like this may be the most consistent horror anthology series I've seen in that, like in terms of quality. I feel like the first episode's maybe the low point, and then it's just and it's and it's not bad. And then it's just up from there. And there's some weird stuff in
3: some of those episodes. Like the uh, the guy that did Mandy and Beyond the Black Rainbow, his oh, episode yeah. is wild. But see, I'm even more intrigued
2: now. Oh, you gotta check if you like those if you like his stuff, you gotta check that out. But it feels like <clears throat> They gave quite a bit of budget to each episode, chose unique filmmakers, and is like, do your thing.
3: So it's I very stylized. I and love and that. Mini movies. They're very good. Yep. Yeah. Um, except I didn't see that one, Just can't really comment on it. Uh Chucky, loving loving what they're doing with it, always willing to have fun and take risks. Sometimes those risks don't pan out the way that you want. there be previous movies or whatever, but It's risks that they're having fun with. Um, And then, yeah, Wednesday, my gosh, did Jenna Ortega just, like, become this role. Um, Mm -hmm. In the opposite direction, I actually don't mind the parent uh, selection. Um, It is not what we've grown to expect from these movies. Right. Uh, It's hard to top what we've had in previous movies. But at the end of the day... I don't think it really completely, totally matters about the parents or not. Because it's all Wednesday's story for now. And she kills it. So that's that's my thoughts on those. Alright, what are we talking about now?
0: And now, we look to the future. Got it. But since we are <clears throat> in 2023, 2023, I guess the future is now. Um, it's true. <clears throat> so I've
3: got the bloody disgusting list pulled up.
0: What Uh, are we looking forward to seeing this year? Now, I will say that this year is already off to a killer start. I mean, Megan is tearing up.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say I have not seen it yet. I've heard only great things about it, and I've been interested.
0: I say I plan on renting it within the next. So yeah, I mean it's just killing it with the numbers. So twenty twenty three is already off to an amazing.
3: Um. I feel like, maybe I'm not, I don't know, um, maybe I'm confused about Skin of a Rink. I've still not seen it. I hear a mixed bag of things. And some people are like, oh my god, it's the most boring thing I've ever seen. Other people are like, this is a great art house horror movie. I don't know. Um, I think the
2: thing I'm most confused about, have either of you seen it? No, it's in, I've got it added to my list on. Uh, shutter, so I will see it, but I have not
3: yet. I thought that this was gonna be like another one of those, uh the Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I thought it was gonna be Skin and the Rinky Dinky Dink,
0: <laughs> like but like Cheryl a horror Losa movie, like, show
3: <laughs> Right, that's so. And I, from the things that I've been hearing, I'm like, I don't think that's it at all. So I feel like,
0: in that regard, I might be extremely disappointed. <laughs> Uh, I'd watch that. Skin em a rink a dink a dink. Skin em a rink, you die. Exactly. <laughs> I kill hell you. you. Um,
3: I don't know what Infinity Pool is, but this image looks cool with these masks. Um, Infinity Pool. That's that's gonna be one of mine. That's Cronenberg's um, son, Brandon Cronenberg. Hell. Understand. And He's
2: kind of following the foot
3: footprints a little. Cronenberg's follow-up to Possessor will star Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth. I mean, I'm all I'm pretty I'm sold.
0: I say Those names alone, you got me.
3: But it's a follow-up to Possessor, whatever that
2: is. It, uh, the, I did watch the trailer, and the trailer kind of gives a, a bit away, but also it seems like the
1: kind of movie where you can't give too much away in the trailer. Like, I, it, it looks pretty bizarre. Okay. And from what I uh, understand, it's, it's rather distinct, so I'm, oh, I'm very curious about interesting. it. Uh... So,
3: not going to get into all the talk anymore. But part of why talking about M Night Shyamalan so much, so much earlier, I'm looking forward to knock at the cabin.
0: Yes. Um,
3: you know, I'm I'm still I'm still in the the M Night game. Um, I enjoy, like I said, these last few movies I've really enjoyed, um, and I really enjoy Batista as an actor. Um, so, again. I haven't seen a trailer. I see he's in it. See, it's an M. Night movie, and it has something to do with being in a cabin. I'm like, all right, I'm sold. I'll watch
0: it. Oh, 100%. Um,
3: I'll jump in with my, my other two. Uh, wait, did you get. I'm sorry, did you get a. Billy, did you get a one-ish? Oh, I'm kind of just going down the list
1: I of think,
0: what I see here. I, I, I think I know one of uh, Randy's.
2: Oh, I think you definitely do. I'm going to. I'll lead, though, with. Uh, Bo is afraid. I don't know what this is going to be, but uh, Billy mentioned Ari Aster earlier, and that's this is his next movie, and it kind of doesn't look like a horror movie. I did watch the trailer. Again, I feel like it's you're going to be more confused if you watch the trailer, so that's a good trailer in my mind, but it looks like a weird eccentric
1: comedy, but then it kind of looks like a nightmare. So, like, it's got a uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and
2: it looks so bizarre. Um... The description on Letterboxd described as a zonky nightmare. So, uh, I'm I'm very curious about that. And then and my other a most, lot of stuff. Yeah. Evil Dead mean? Rise. Then of course is my own excited for, sure. for. It, it, you know, cautiously. I didn't hate the, re- the when they did the, the kind of reboot. Yeah. I, like, there's stuff I don't love about it, but like, man, so much like the the end of that like there's a lot of good stuff in that. The end of that movie is amazing. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. And...
0: I'm kind of and surprised Morfeo but... wasn't on that list.
2: God, about it existing. I say, knowing yeah. your,
0: knowing your love for Cage.
2: You know, I've still come around on Cage. He's just got to be in the right stuff. One hundred percent. Cage.
3: Cage doesn't fit your movie. Your movie has to fit him. Over the last <laughs> number, of,
1: you're right. Yeah. For
3: the last number of years, filmmakers have figured out like don't just put him in your random ass movie. Like, build a movie. Around his eccentricity. Is that how you say that? Um, Sounds right. Something like that. Um, And yeah, you do that and you're in for something pretty. Might still not be your cup of tea. Right. But, um, yeah,
0: uh, I don't know. Like, keep hearing about this cocaine bear that sounds crazy. Um, I say, and then uh, obviously Winnie the Pooh. Yep, uh, That's probably one of the most talked about ones because it's Winnie the Pooh's horror.
3: Yes. There's there a lot of
0: possibilities. I just went and saw uh, uh, Ant-Man,
1: and before that, they played a trailer for this movie called... And now, this is a movie
3: I don't know that I would have known anything else about unless I heard secondhand. Um, it's called 65. Um, <clears throat> Sam Raimi joins forces with the writers of The Quiet Place... Um, it has Adam Driver in it and it's, uh, how did they, uh, advertise it is, um, past to me future. So like it takes place in the future. It's got futuristic, like guns and like weaponry and like laser type stuff. And they somehow like go to this different planet or time period and they're fighting dinosaurs. And now that might sound a little odd, but I suppose I would say maybe check out the trailer. Like it, 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 it's played like serious. Um, looked really cool to me, so um, definitely interested in that. Um, Renfield, sure. Mm. Evil Dead, yeah.
0: There's another Dracula film coming out, but not. It's not Dracula. Okay. It's the Last Voyage of the Demeter, mm. and it, it's based, it's an adaptation of The Captain's Log, the the chapter from, uh, from Dracula and, you know, it's uh, Andre Avridal is the director um, stars Corey Hawking, Isling uh, Francioli, Liam Cunningham and David Dismalchin it's, you know uh, Viggo Mortensen's in it um, so yeah, it's, uh, Jude Law's in it it should be okay. a really good movie. It's set to come out in August, I think.
1: Nice.
0: Um, but yeah, it's but they adapted it. It's just one chapter of Dracula They turned into a movie. All right. So, it should be fun.
3: Um, and yeah, you got your modern classics. Uh, a New Insidious is coming. None um, too. Saw.
0: Say, yeah, there's uh, Saw X. Ghostbusters. None, yep. And then, so, of course, Scream. Yep. I mean, th- there's... Next year is going to have to be a two-parter. There's a lot coming out. <laughs> I mean,
3: this year probably should have been a two-parter. Probably. probably. Yeah. <laughs> and Live then Maxine it. will be coming out. Is it
0: Maxine to you know finish out the Ty West trilogy? Live and learn, then get loves.
3: Yeah, well, no, that was fun. It was fun to, to reminisce about last year where I feel like I've slowed down in the amount of movies that I've watched. Um, I still feel like was able to contribute a bit to this list, so that was fun.
0: Well, we've all had busy years.
3: Oh, yeah. So I kind of made a point
2: to ramp up my movie watching this last year, and oddly enough.
0: You ramped uh, up and <coughs> you ramped down.
1: <laughs> See, I, I purposely, like,
3: these last couple years, it's like I need to scale back from the 400 movies I watch in a year. Oh,
2: no, yeah, see, I think mine kind of dwindled down just because, like, too many series and stuff I was watching instead. Oh, yeah, kind of, like, sure, show. sure. No, that makes I've sense. i been making a point. But, dude, a solid, it has been a solid year for horror because looking over the ones I've watched, we name it, like, menu and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. I liked the menu. Yeah. A nice little movie. There's a good chunk of movies that I threw for four and five star, between four to five star ratings. Wow. On Letterbox this year. Very cool. And, they say and, there, you know, there's even, so
0: many that. You know just we couldn't cover
3: right oh yeah
0: that, there's too much yeah i mean there's a lot of good stuff out there yep between mainstream indie a lot of good stuff coming out and a lot of times you don't even have to look for it; it's just yep. there yep oh. it's a good time for horror
1: Yep. all right
0: where let's start with randy because i think your list is shorter randy where can uh listeners find you and growlix and everything
2: Okay, well, of course, electronicmediacollective.com. I'm a little slow to update it these days, but I do still update it. Uh, If you want to hear me talk about, well, it used to be comic books. It's occasionally comic books, but mostly movies and TV shows. Grogspodcast.com. We do live streams a week. They don't always hit the audio podcast.
0: Your weekly podcast destination. (laughs) Yep. And then um, I just released a music
2: album. I would say my style these days is 90% metal 10% 10% synth. Used to do synth wave. Well, it's pushed pretty hard in the more metal territory now. But I just released an album called Leeds and Claw. The artist title is Super Science. Go to SuperScience.xyz. Whatever. But I like
3: it. Uh, XYZ. And that's what I got going on. I have um a wrestling collectible podcast adjacent to the major wrestling figure podcast, if you're familiar with that. Um I run a show called The Major World Order, part of their network. And then um, Moose and I have a podcast called The Zubilee Zoo Podcast. If you are into um, a very specific children's show from the 1980s um, alongside... Uh, the actor Michael B. Moynihan, who played Lookout Bear on the show, we do a deep dive into every episode. You can check that out on Facebook, or well, yeah, any of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Zuzu Pod, or you can listen to it on you know Instagram, not oh, cheese, um, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, or electronicmediacom ZuzuPod. or um. Since this is a horror podcast, uh, I do have a band called Graveyard Smash. You can listen to, uh, its music. It is horror punk. Uh, the best way to describe it is in line with The Misfits. And, uh, you can listen to it on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, Amazon, all that. Just Graveyard Smash and,
2: um... You can search for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Graveyard
3: Smash One Three. So that would uh, that would be my stuff.
0: On that note, I we do want to offer our condolences on the loss of lead singer. Um, and listeners, as always, those uh, links will be in the episode description. And as Randy mentioned, you can find me and other great podcasters over at ElectronicMediaCollective.com. Or if you're just looking for me, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Moose Media Inc. And join us again here in a few weeks where Billy returns for the lost episode of Moose's Monster Mash. Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure doing this again. And...
1: That episode
3: will be Leprechaun-related, by the way.
0: Go figure. (laughs) And we will... uh, Start planning on when we are going to do that Halloween uh, deep dive. So. You know what you
3: could do? Take our first episode where we went over the whole series and then just take what we talked about in this and just add it onto
1: the <laughs> end. Episode done. Edited. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we did another episode. It probably
2: would tread uh, a lot of the same. Yeah. But
0: this has been fun. Look forward to doing it again. And, uh, until next time, horror hounds. Mash on. This has been Moose's monster bash. Come back for more chills and thrills if you dare.
1: <laughs>